uh, series on David. And um, I have the privilege of starting today just who is David and a little background of David, how he he um, ascended the throne, the throne of um, Israel <clears throat> from just being a shepherd, shepherd boy. And now he became one of the greatest kings in Israel. So I just <clears throat> want to, we just want to look into, run through the scriptures and look at his, um, his life and how he, he became a king in Israel, right? So, first, the first time solo, um, David is mentioned in the Bible is in the book of First Samuel chapter six. So definitely, if you're going to talk about his, the background of David, how he became a king and all that, then we have to read from First Samuel chapter sixteen, um, from verse one. So I'm going to read First Samuel sixteen, verse one to thirteen. The Bible says, "Now the Lord said to Samuel." How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. So that even gives us an idea of where David comes from, his hometown. He comes from Bethlehem. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I'll show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming. And said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they had when they had when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to someone, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For the Lord looks, for man looks at, at the outward, outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of all his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the, are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest. And there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for he will not. For we will not sit down till he comes here. Then he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the oil, the the horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, 
and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Right, so this is this, this passage, one of the passages that we are very familiar with. There's a lot of sermons that we have had from this passage. So we know the background of how God chose the Israelites asked for a king. God chose some, um, Saul to become their king. At the time when God was choosing, choosing Saul to become the king, the Bible says he was taller than all the people of Israel. So I'm not surprised that when Samuel saw the stature of um, um, Eliab, he said, surely the Lord's anointed. Because he was thinking about Saul at that time, seeing how Saul looked at that time. He looked at the stature and that looks very similar to Saul's stature. So he said, yes, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But God said that he does not look at physical appearance, but he looks in the heart. Maybe at the point where God allowed Saul to become the, um, the king, his heart was at the right place. But as he continued to lead Israel, he moved further away from God. And so God took the throne away from Saul. And God told Samuel to go and anoint somebody, one of the sons of Jesse. And so Jesse brought out his seven sons, leaving David. And we ask, we ask, why was David left out? And then when you think about it, David was the youngest. Was the youngest one the one who was supposed to be with the sheep? Or was that the responsibility of the oldest? Or one of the, 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 the siblings who was a bit older? That's a question that I, I, I don't have an answer for. I don't know why David, the youngest one, was the one who was supposed to go and follow the sheep in the forest and we know from from the testimony of david when he met um when he met saul that there were wild animals there so why did the father allow the youngest person to um to go and stay with the sheep but in this in this passage that we just read all the seven brothers came they passed by samuel and the lord had not chosen any one of them and Samuel then asked Jesse if he there was, are these all his sons? And he said, oh, there is still one more who is keeping the sheep. And then Samuel said, let's go and bring him because we will not sit down until he comes in. So when David came, Samuel anointed him. And the Bible says, very importantly, the Bible says that, and from that moment forward, the spirit of the Lord was upon um, was upon David from that time when he was anointed and um, from from some of the readings that I've done sat, David was at least or max 17 years at this point when he was anointed to become king and so at the age of 17 if that if that projection is correct at the age of 17 he was anointed to become king of Israel and Bible says from that time onwards the spirit of the Lord was upon him. So from that young age, he knew that he had been appointed to replace Saul. But let's look, let's look further at how David conducted himself after he knew that he has been appointed to become king. After he knew that there's an there's an oil of God upon his life to lead God's people. 
at that time israel was god's nation and so if god gave him the great privilege and the great responsibility of lead leading his people how did david conduct conduct himself from the time that he was anointed before his brothers so for some people after he's been anointed to become king then that will be the end of looking after the sheep he will have to appoint one of his brothers to go and look after the sheep because at this point he has been given the great responsibility of becoming the king of israel so for most people, that will be the end. They will show people that they have been anointed king. But let's look at how David conducted himself. Now, in some, so some people have said that David was, um, was a, the son of his father out of um, wedlock. Now, and, and, and most, most of the times, the, past, the, the, the text in Scripture that has been used to support that is Psalm 51 verse 5. He says, Behold, I, have brought, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. But um, we cannot say conclusively that David was born out of wedlock. We cannot say conclu- conclusively from Scripture that David was born out of an adulterous relationship. When he says that his in the, this passage, this text here in the Bible can also be interpreted as he was like anybody who is conceived with the Adam nature was conceived in sin. And so when David says that in sin did my mother conceive me, it could be that he's referring to the Adamic nature, that all of us who were born with the Adamic nature were born with the sin nature. And so, I mean, I've heard so many times that people say, using this text, that... um. David was born out of wedlock or out of adulterous uh, relationship. When when you look at the Jewish, I was reading the Jewish um, tradition. They had a long story, um, which at the end of the day was saying that David was not born out of an adulterous relationship. Um, but um, this passage could mean that he's referring to the sin nature that we're all born with. All of us, when we are born by a man and a woman, we have the sin nature. We are conceived with that nature. And so this passage, this text here will not necessarily or will not conclusively say that um, David was born from an adulterous relationship like um, we've heard a lot of people say. In In Psalm 116 verse 16, David talks about his mother and he says that, Oh Lord, truly I am your servant. I am I am your servant, the son of your maid servant. That gives us an indication of David's mother being a servant of God or being a servant of the Lord. And um, the, I don't want to go so much into the extra biblical materials that talks about David's mother. Since the Bible does not name her, I don't want to pay attention to what they, I just want to restrict myself to what the scripture says. But David points out to us that his mother is a maid servant of the Lord. And whenever that word made servant was used in the Bible, then it gives it gives us an indication that the person serves God. And in some hundred and, and some eighty-six again, he talks about his mother being a maid servant of the Lord. And so we cannot conclu- conclusively say that David was born out of an adulterous relationship. And that because people use that to say that, and that is why his father didn't like him. That is why his father did not bring him or invite him when um Samuel came to his home to anoint the 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 sons but um still not enough um because when when David finally 
escaped from Saul at a point he said that I've forgotten the name of the king maybe um, Akish or somebody one of the kings should take care of his parents so the Bible says that David uh, if I find the text before we close I'll share that David asked the king to take care of his parents and so that gives us an indication when the Bible says parents it gives us an indication that it was talking about his mother and his father and so we cannot conclude that David was um, um, from an adulterous relationship. But one thing that we can see from, from the scripture is that somehow it looks like his brothers didn't like him so much. It looks like his father did not like him. So Psalm 69 talks about, um, um, the commentary I've read says that David, this this psalm was written in his youthful, youthful days. And it's one of the Messianic um, psalms that talks about the Messiah as well. And so, um, David talks about his relationship with his brothers, the relationship with how they treated him. And in, in, in verse 4 of Psalm 69, he says, Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my hair. They are mighty who would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully. Though I have stolen not, nothing, I still must restore. In verse 8, he says, I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my um." my mother's children this passage also projects or talks about the messiah it talks about jesus christ it was david prophetically talking about jesus christ but we can also relate it to his own lifestyle that it looks like sometimes even though he had not stolen anything he was asked to restore it sometimes in the midst of his brothers he was treated like an alien and we see how his brother spoke to him when he appeared in the battle when 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 he asked what was going to be given to the one who killed Goliath? His brother rebuked him and said, I knew, I know your pride. I know. But then David, in his lifestyle, looking at who he is, you don't see pride there. But his brother rebuked him and said he was an arrogant guy. He should just go back to the, um, to the bush and take care of the sheep. And so it looks like he did not have a very good relationship with his siblings. And why his father allowed him to go and look after the sheep, I don't know why. If he has, if he had older brothers, I would expect that the older brothers would be the ones to take care of the sheep in the forest, because of all the dangers that were involved. And if there were seven brothers, even if he was the one to go, then at least somebody else would go with him. When we look at the story of Joseph, his father also had um, um, boys like that, and his father kept him at home. And the elder brothers were the ones who went to look after the sheep. But in the story of David, we see the reverse, where David is the one who is taking care of the sheep, and his brothers are the ones who are home. And so we can't, it, it, it does not paint a good picture, but we cannot say because of that, David was, was born out of wedlock. But obviously, it tells us that he wasn't the, the most favorite in, in, in his family. Now, in verse 16 again, the Bible tells us that by the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. In the Old Testament, um, they believe that anything that happens comes from God. But this text, when you interpret it in the light of other scriptures and in the light of what the New Testament says about God, I, don't, I find it difficult to, to agree that the spirit is coming, the distressing spirit is coming from God. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. And, and, and the Bible does not give us any indication that a demonic spirit, an evil spirit, could be coming from God. 
And so um, in the Old Testament, the, the theology and the understanding about God was different. But in the Old Testament, we have a better understanding and a better theology about God. The Bible reveals to us what um, the nature of God, the, 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 the entire character of God in the New Testament. And so the Bible says here that a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him and Saul's servant said to him surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you let our master now command your servant who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful a skillful player on the harp, and it shall be that he will play it with his hand when a distressing spirit from God is upon you and you shall be well so Saul said to his servant provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me surprisingly the servant knew about david up to this point there wasn't so much said about david we didn't know so much about him but in verse 16 when david is introduced to us as somebody who was anointed by samuel to become the king we see again that this servant of saul knew about david and so this is the testimony that the servant gave one of the things that i i see as very important when I, I was preparing and looking at David's life and how he rose from being a shepherd to a king is that God always used men to promote him. God used men to speak for him, men to protect him, men to deliver him. It was God was always using people. Even though he was anointed, it did not take angels to, to, to help him ascend the, the throne. It took men. God used men. Sometimes people from his enemies family will be the ones helping him will be the ones bringing him deliverance and so we for me what this tells us is that our relationship with people is very very important and how we treat people even though we are anointed even though we are called even though we have an important tax and we are the people whose life please god how we treat other people is very very important we cannot um, discount any person because all these people whose names are not even mentioned sometimes, played a very significant role in helping David ascend the, tr the throne. So how we treat people is very important. As we, um, as we chart the course of life, as we pursue our destiny, our purpose, we should be mindful how we treat men because God is going to use men to bless us. Wherever we are going to get to, it will take men, the help of men together. So this servant, in the absence of David, somehow he knew about David. And in verse 18, he said, Then one of the servants answered and said, Lord, I have seen a son, sorry, look, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war. Now, what surprises me is that at this point, this man was calling David a man of war. I don't know what history he had with David, but somehow he knew something about David, that he was somebody who could play skillfully. He was a mighty man of valor. He was a man of war and prudent in speech, a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. For the man to give all these attributes about David means that he definitely knew something about David or he spent some time with David or somehow they, are, they, they, they have crossed paths before. And so he said, one, David is skillful in playing. He's a mighty man of valor. He's a man of war. He's prudent in speech and a handsome person. And the Lord is with him. It means that the evidence of God's grace and the evidence of God's presence 
upon David's life was obvious that everybody around him and the people who came into contact with him knew that God was with him. It reminds me of the story of Joseph that everything Joseph did prospered because the Lord was with him. The presence of for us, we are even more blessed to be in a position where we carry the presence of God with us with us every time 24/7 God's presence his very presence in the form of the holy spirit is with us and therefore the evidence of God's grace must be seen around us just like it was seen in the lives of all the people that the old testament talks about who carried the presence of God everybody knew David wasn't the one saying that I am anointed you do do you know how anointed I am he wasn't the one talking about it but people just saw it that the Lord was with him. People saw it. He wasn't the one to testify to people that God is with him. People just saw it by, by the way he related with people. And so as people who carry the presence of God, the evidence of that grace must be obvious in our daily lives. Amen. In verse 19, the Bible says, Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, So he sent, basically, he sent people to go and call David and invite David to come and serve in the presence of, of Saul. And the Bible says that Saul really liked David when he saw him. Verse 21 says, So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. So what the guy said when David came, the guy gave David recommendation. David came, he did the job perfectly well, and the king liked him. And so everything the guy said about David, David came and he proved that yes, what the guy said about him is true. So the Bible says, So it was whenever the spirit, the distressing spirit came upon Saul, that David would play and then the spirit would go. And so they, um, Saul requested that David would stay with him. And then he will serve him. And David's father agreed. Now we are going to discuss David. Now we have seen David anointed as king. David, somebody gave a testimony about David. He came to the presence of the king. And now he's serving before the king in the palace. So David is a servant in the house of the king. Now we see another another, And let's take note of everything the man said about David. So he says, He's, he's skillful in playing. We've seen that he came and he played and the king liked him. The man said again that he's a mighty man of valor. He's a man of war. He's prudent in speech. Let's see if he will live up to all these things that the man has said. Now, we see David, the warrior. In verse 5, Psalm 16, the Bible says that, I'm sorry, not Psalm 16, First uh, Samuel chapter 16. This should be verse, um, I'm sorry. First Samuel chapter 18 from verse 5 to 9. So David went out whenever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. So the man said again that David was prudent in speech. Now we see David behaved wisely and Saul set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and in the sight of Saul's servant. Now it had happened as they were coming home, then David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the woman the woman had come out. Wait, let me show I might have missed one slide. Okay. Alright, now it happened 
as they were coming home when David had David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine that the women who had come out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines with joy and musical instrument so the women sang as they danced and said Saul has slain his thousands and David has slain his 10,000 then Saul was very angry and was was uh, and that the saying displeased him and he said they have ascribed to David 10,000 and to them to me they have ascribed only 1,000 now what more can he have but the kingdom so Saul eyed David from that day forward now after this incident the bible tells us that um I believe this was after the the slaying of Goliath the the women started singing for David and this song that the women sang when you pay again pay attention to the story of David this song brought trouble to David and also brought deliverance to David at some point it was a song that brought him trouble this all his trouble started with this song <laughs> when the woman the woman sang for him that he had slain 10000 and Saul said that they have ascribed 1000 to him who was the king who was the one who has led them to water this point and this guy just this young man just shows up kills Goliath and then they are saying that he has killed 10000 people and so at this point the man who previously in the previous text that we read the bible says that Saul loved him from this point onwards the bible says Saul eyed him from this day forward Saul did not like him because he realized that the people of Israel were begin beginning to accept him and we see this is the anointing that was poured on his his head that is that is at work the, it attracted people to him they liked him because of that anointing because and because even though he was anointed he bible says he behaved himself wisely so Saul set him over his men of war as a young man he came into leadership position and when he continued to read first Samuel you see that the people that he was leading and the people of Israel also liked him because of his leadership so as a young man he was put into leadership position leading men of war but from this point on the love that Saul had for him began to diminish because he saw that this woman were going to give the kingdom to David and so the woman sang for him and they Saul was not happy about it in verse 12 of chapter 18 the bible says again now Saul was afraid of David because the lord was with him but had but had departed from Saul therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him captain over a thousand so you see promotion here first he made him first he was just over the men of war now the bible says that he is a captain of thousand so Saul was afraid of him he did not like him but what did he do he promoted him to become captain over 10000 now he removed him from his presence he didn't want him to be in his presence i i i guess he didn't want him anywhere close to the throne because he maybe he thought that David was going to um um God was going to lead a coup or a revolt against his kingdom so he just removed him from his presence and from that point on bible says that he he made him captain of a thousands and he went out and came in before the people and behaved wisely and so David continued to behave wisely in the eyes of the people that he was leading and the lord was with him 
And the Bible says that, therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. So first he was afraid of him because the Lord was with him when he heard the woman singing. And now David is also behaving himself wisely. So he looks at the guy's character and he looks like this guy is going somewhere. With the way he's behaving, he saw wisdom in David's behavior, in how he acted in the eyes of the people. At a point, he set him up trying to put him into battle so that he would be killed. But still, the, David came out successful. And so from this point on, a young shepherd who was anointed came to serve the king. And now the king realized that this guy is likely to become king because the people like him. And so the king doesn't like him. But then the people have come to believe that he's a great man of war because they saw him defeat Goliath. And so he's a great man of war. And so they liked him. They continued to like him. And David also behaved himself wisely in the eyes of um, the people. I, I, I think I left out the story of Goliath, but I, I, I believe that I had it in the, slide, in the slide somewhere. But in chapter 18, when he defeated Goliath, that was after, uh, that was, it was after the defeat of Goliath, the women started singing for him. And so when he defeated Goliath, they, they, now the people have come to accept David as a man of war. And so Saul had no option but to, 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 to make him part of the war, to put him as a leader in the, war, in the, in the, in the army and now make, make him a captain over a thousand people. Now we are going to look at, I mean, it's, 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 it's so much, there's so much that we can touch on concerning David between the, his, his life. I mean, concerning his life and his relationship with Saul, but I just picked a couple of them that we can discuss. And I, we want to look at how Saul, the attempts that Saul made on David's life. Because at this point, we know that Saul is afraid of David. He knows that this guy is likely to become king at some point. And so I guess that he thought the best thing to do now is to kill him so that he does not get the opportunity to become king. However, because this man was anointed to become king, the presence of God was with him. So the presence of God preserved him. Let's also be mindful that as people who have the presence of God, the presence of God is always going to preserve us. No matter what the enemy said against us, the presence of God that is with us will protect us. Now, Saul decides to go after David's life. In, in verse 10 of First Samuel chapter 18, the Bible says that it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house. And he prophesied inside the house. So David played with his hand as at, at the other times. But there was a spear in Saul's hand and Saul cast the spear for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped from his presence twice. And so when the spirit that was tormenting Saul came upon him and David was trying to calm him down, help him actually by playing the song or by playing the harp, Saul had a spear in his hand and he attempted to kill David with the spirit. The Bible says David escaped from his presence twice. And so Saul's first attempt at killing David failed. Now, if, if you remember the story from 
Goliath, um, from the killing of Goliath in First Samuel chapter eighteen, it was promised that whoever was going to kill Goliath, the king was going to give his daughter to him, and so David had had done that, and he was entitled to marry the king's daughter. But then Saul didn't want to give his daughter to David. Actually, wanted to kill David before he could marry his daughter. So in verse 17, the Bible says, Then Saul said to David, Here is my old daughter, Miriam. I will give her to you as wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battle. For Saul, so Saul thought, Let my hand not be against him, let, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. So David said to Saul, Who am I? And what is my life or my father's family in, in Israel that I should be the son-in-law to the king? But it happened at that time when Miriam, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David that she was given to Adriel, the Meholite, as wife. And so even though Saul was supposed to give his first daughter to David, he did not. According to the promise, after David had defeated Goliath, he was the one who was supposed to marry Saul's daughter, but Saul did not. And Saul just wanted him to continue fighting. And Saul was thinking that maybe one day when he goes to battle, the Philistines were going to kill him and he won't even come back. Because one, this guy is going to be, this guy is likely to to to, to um, take the throne away from me. Second, I, I, he didn't want to give his daughter to David. And so he felt that, okay, let me just lure him and just tell him lies. Let him go into the battle and maybe... Um, they will kill him so that it won't be like I, I, I didn't fulfill my promise to him, but he was just killed in the battle. So he's just playing with David and trying to put him in a place where he was going to be defeated. So actually Saul, David was supposed to marry Saul's first daughter, but Saul did not give his daughter to David. And he rather gave the second one. And he didn't even give the second one to David. David had to fight, had to pay for it had to go into the enemy's camp. As we see in this passage, in verse 23, the Bible says, So Saul's servant spoke those words in the hearing of David and said to him, Does it seem to you a lie thing to be a king's son-in-law, seeing I am, a poor, I am poor and lightly esteemed? And the servant of Saul told him, saying, In, in, the man, in this manner David spoke. So Saul actually told his servant or, or um, used his servant to tell David that look the king wanted to the king wants to give his daughter to you to marry so just just be strong is just re-echoing the things that Saul had already said after David saw that the first daughter was not given to him and so Saul is using his servant to still lure David to believe that he was going to give his daughter to him married to, uh, to marry and so David said look I am poor I don't have money the king is not going to give me his. The, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think that I'm qualified to be the king's son-in-law. Then they came back to tell Saul that this is what David is saying. When you read further in verse twenty-five, I'm going to just come to the second line. The Bible says, "But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines." So all along it was just a plot. He just wanted David to die. He said, "I'm going to give you your daughter, my daughter," but then he he it was just a plot to kill David. But the Lord was with David and the Lord preserved him. The anointing that was poured upon David's head and the presence of God that was upon him preserved him. In verse 26, 
The Bible says, So when his servant told David these words, it pleased David. It pleased David well to become the king's son-in-law. Now the days had expired. Therefore David arose and went, he and his men, and killed 200 men of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins. That was what Saul was asking for. The diary that Saul asked for was the foreskins of 200 men of the Philistines. Doesn't make sense. I don't know what he wanted to do with it. But again, it was just a trap. The king said that, listen, I'm not going to take anything from you. The diary that I, went, I want from you is that go to the, the camp of the Philistines, kill 100 of the men and bring their foreskins to me. And David said, okay, you have dared me. You asked for 100, but I will give you 200. <laughs> so David went into the camp. <laughs> David didn't have money, but he had the presence of God. And the presence of God that was with him helped him get into the camp of the enemy, killed 200 men, Philistines, and he brought, for, he brought them to the king. The king asked for their four skins, and he brought their four skins. Even the king... Just wanted 100. David gave him bonus. <laughs> I believe at this point, the king will know that that trick is not going to work because the presence of God was with this guy and he was going to protect him. So the Bible says, And David brought their foreskins and gave them in full count to the king that he might become the king's son-in-law. Thus, that when Saul gave, then Saul gave Micah his daughter as wife, as a wife. Remember? And even this lady, that this daughter of Saul, that was given to David. At a point, he took it, she took, um, he took his his daughter away again. So <laughs> Saul just didn't like David. Even after David had just paid the dowry and everything, when he was after David's life and David escaped, he gave this daughter to another person to marry. And so Saul was trying all he can to frustrate David and to kill him. But God kept protecting him and, and delivering him. All the traps that Saul set for David actually brought him promotion. That The things that were meant to kill him and destroy him actually made him popular and made the people of Israel love him even the more. And so everything that Saul was doing to fight against the life of David, was God was using to promote him even though he was throwing weapons at him god was using that to promote david and to make him popular among the people of israel in verse 28 the bible says that saul saw and knew that the lord was with david and that me micah um saul's daughter loved him and saul was still more afraid of david and so this guy that David Saul was trying to kill was even tormenting Saul. He was always afraid of David. David was just living his life as a young man in the army now, serving his master faithfully, doing everything his master wants him to do. But his master was afraid of him. So Saul, Saul became an, David's enemy continually. So Saul just didn't like him. He made himself an, an enemy to David. But David was faithful and was still serving him. Then the princes of the Philistines went out to war. And so it was, whenever they went out, that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. Because of the way David carried himself about amongst the people of Israel and amongst the people that he was leading, amongst the army, the people 
loved him. The people just liked him. The Bible says he was just behaving himself wisely. He was anointed. He had the back and he had power. But then he was still wise and behaved wisely among the people. And so the Bible says, so his name became highly esteemed. The people liked him. The people loved him. And the people respected him. And this, I believe, was still something that Saul was very afraid of. Now, we look at, um, the, this is not the last attempt that Saul made on David's life, but this is one that I picked so that we can, we can look at it. The Bible says, Saul, Saul also sent messengers to David's house to watch him and to kill him in the morning. <clears throat> so the plan was that he's going to send people to David's house. They will go there and then they will kill him whilst he's still sleeping. And Micah, David's wife, told him, saying, if you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you'll be killed. And so this was Saul's daughter who was saving David's life. The person that Saul had given to David to, to become wife. So, so Micah let David down through a window and he went and fled and escaped. So we see that David has not done anything wrong. He has not stood up against Saul. He has not said a single word against Saul. But Saul just wanted to kill him. He did nothing wrong. He is, he's not offended anyone. He's not offended Saul. But Saul wanted to kill him. And God kept using people to deliver him. We saw how a servant spoke about David to, um, to Saul. Now we see how God is using another person to deliver Saul from the to deliver David from the hands of Saul. The Bible says, So the, the daughter of Saul let David out through a window and allowed him to escape. So the Bible tells us again here that um, Micah took an image and laid it in the bed and put a cover of goat hair for his head and covered it with his clothes. So then Saul sent messengers to take David. Then she said he's sick. Then Saul sent the messengers back to David, saying, Bring him up to me in the bed, that I may kill him. And when the messengers had come in, there was the image in the bed, with the covers of the goat's hair for, for his head. Then Saul said to Micah, or Michal, Michal, I think Michal is the right pronunciation, Michal, why have you deceived me? like this and sent my enemy away so that he has escaped and so what happened was that Saul's daughter put something put an image with goat's hair in bed as if it was David and then um when the people came he said oh David is not feeling well David is sick and then I don't know doesn't make sense how the messengers who have been sent to kill David heard that he was sick and they left him and they went back to tell the king that he was sick um and the king said, okay, you bring him in his bed to me. If he's sick, that's even a better news. I, I'll kill him in his bed. But David had escaped. So the Bible says that David went to Samuel in Ramah and told him all that Saul, in, in Ramah, and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and stayed in Nahor. So yes, so David escaped for his life, ran and went to Saul's, went to Samuel's house, and the Bible says that um, he and Samuel relocated 
And then before this time, after they escaped, David again went into the temple. Or before he got to Samuel, he went into the temple. He was hungry. He went to the temple and then... um. Right. Okay. So I have this. I have it here on the slide. I was going to marry this one. So in, in, in verse 10 of 21, first Samuel chapter 21, the Bible says that then David arose and fled that day from before Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servant of Achish said to him, is this not David, the king of the land? So people were actually calling him the king of the land already. Before he even became king, the people saw him as the king of the land. At this point, Saul was still the king, but the, these people saw him as a king. Is it not David the king of the land? Did not, they did not, I'm sorry, did they not sing of him to one another in dances saying, Saul has slain his thousand? And David has slain his 10,000. Now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he said, so he changed his behavior before him, pretended before them, pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the door of the gate and let his saliva fall from his beard. And so David had to pretend as if he was mad or he was insane because when the people heard when when they, the people were able to identify him as the guy who they were singing about the people were already calling him king and so david at this point had to pretend to be a madman just to be able to escape for or to be able to um to escape from the hands of the people so that the people would know him and so when the king saw him he said i have enough madman madmen here so just let this guy go I don't want him in my house. So they sacked David and he left. He left um, their presence. At this point, David had gone into the the, um, the the house of the priest Abitah and there was no food. The only food that was there was the, the bread that was kept in the presence of God. And the, the bread had been given to him to eat. And one of Saul's men was there at that time when David arrived there. And so... This guy will later report to Saul that Abita the priest had uh, um, inquired of the Lord for, for David. And they, the, the, um, Saul was going to um, let this guy, this army general, kill all the priests at that time. And so David went to the, the house of God or the temple, ate the bread that he wasn't supposed to eat before he came to um, at the presence of Achish, but God protected and preserved David from any harm. Now, God begins to build an army for David. Um, so David had, at this point, David had to escape from his life for his life because Saul was after him. When he was put down through the window, he had to run away from the presence of Saul. Now, in verse twenty-two of First. I'm sorry, in chapter 22 of 1 Samuel, the Bible says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Abdullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house had it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, look at the people who came to David to become the army, to form the army. The Bible says, and everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented, 
gathered to him. So he became the captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. So these were 400 men in distress, in debt. I believe their debtors were coming after them. And so they all needed a place to hide. And so they joined David, came discontented people. They came and then they joined David and they became an army of 400 men. These were the people that David was going to transform to become the men. Some of them were going to become the men of David. They were the army that stood behind David, fought with David all through his life till the time he ascended the throne. Now, the prophet God said to David, do not stay in the stronghold, depart. And go on to the land of Judah. So David departed and went in the forest of Herod. At this point, when Saul heard that David had come back to Judah, he decided to go and kill David. So he went after David's life again to kill David. Um, all right. So I'm I'm going to just um, so I'm going to summarize the rest of the slides that um, I have here because of time. The Bible says, now it happened that when Saul heard that David has uh, has come back to, um, to, to Judah, he decided to go after um, David and kill him. But David inquired of God if he should stay there or he should leave. And the Lord told him to leave. He should not stay in that place. He should just leave. And so Saul again came after him in, verse 20, in chapter 24. The Bible says it happened. When Saul had returned from following the Philistines, that he was told him, saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of Engidi. I hope I got that right. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men. So he took, when you read the, N, uh, when you read the NLT, he says it, it, he took um, 3,000 elite men. It means he took the best of the army and they went after David and here when they attempted to kill David the Bible tells us that Saul came to a place right um, so I'm, I'm reading from verse 3 so he came to the sheep falls by the road where there was a cave and Saul went to attend to his needs so Saul was there in the cave and so when Saul was in the cave there to attend to his needs. David, the, David's men said to David, this is the time God has given you the enemy, your enemy. This is the time you can just kill this man now, take the throne, and we'll all go back home. Our debtors will not follow us anymore, and we'll all be free. And so they said David should kill Saul at that point. But David, because of the fear that he had for God, because of the fear that he has for the anointing, he decided that he was not going to he was not going to kill Saul. I mean, this is also one part of the story that we are very familiar with. So Saul, David instead caught the robe of Saul. And even the robe that David caught, he was so he felt so bad that he had used his I mean he has in, in verse in verse five, Bible says now it happened afterward that David's heart was troubled. David's heart troubled him because he has cut Saul's robe. This was a man that wanted to kill him. He had the opportunity to kill him, but he decided that he wasn't going to kill the Lord's anointed. He wasn't going to touch Saul. Just cutting the robe of Saul alone, he was so scared. He was 
He felt so bad that he had done it. This tells us the respect that David had for the anointing and had for the leader. Even though the leader was doing things that was not in line with the will of God, the leader was after his life, but he still had that respect for him. It teaches us that where if we see people at a place that we want to go to or where where we want to, we, we respect people who are ahead of us. For instance, in ministry, if you see somebody who carries an anointing or who does something or who is doing something in ministry that you 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 love or you admire, that you want to get there, you you have to be mindful how you talk against those people, how the things you do. Um, I've heard people say so many times that you attract what you respect. So if you don't have a respect for the anointing and you talk against it and you despise it, it's, it's not going to come inside, into your life. You're not going to experience it. And so David knew that at some point he's going to be the king of Israel. And so he did not despise the king of Israel. And so he treated the king of Israel with respect. He know he knew that the king of Israel was the Lord's anointed. I believe this is just uh, a spiritual principle that you respect the things that you admire, the, the things that you as, aspire to be like. You respect those things, and you will be able to attract them into your life. Just want to see, okay. Okay, so now, right, again, again, this is also another attempt that Saul made on David's life to kill him. But then they came to battle, they wanted to kill David, but David went into their camp when they were all sleeping. And Again, he took Saul's spear and then he took um, he took Saul's spear and um, sorry, I was going to say Saul's water bottle, but that's not how the Bible puts it here. But he took Saul's spear and whatever Saul that carried the water that Saul, Saul was drinking and he took it away from the camp again. He, he got into the camp. The Bible says that the people were saying that this is the time for you to kill Saul. Saul wanted, wanted to kill you, but he has come after you. And the reason why Saul was in that place at that point was to kill David. But David had the opportunity to kill him. But David did not stretch his hand. In verse 9, David says that do not destroy him. For who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guilty there? guiltless. So David knew that if he touches the Lord's anointed, the guilt was going to be upon his head. David said furthermore, as the Lord lives and as the Lord and the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come and or his day shall come to, to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But please Take now the spear and the jug of water. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say the bottle of water. So take the spear and the jug of water that are by his head and let's go. So he came to the place Saul was sleeping. He decided not to kill Saul. But rather took the spear away. And again, he showed it to Saul and said, listen, I have this. I, was go I, I would have been able to kill you, but I decided not to kill you. 
This is the death of Saul. Saul again went into battle with the Philistines. The Bible says in verse 31, Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled before the Philistine and fell and and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. Then the Philistines followed hard after David and his sons, and the Philistines killed Jonathan, Abinadab, and and Malshi. I mean, this is one of Saul's son. I don't know what name it is. Saul's son. They killed all the sons of Saul. The battle became fierce against Saul. The archers hit him. So Saul was hit here. In the the archers hit, um, hit Saul, and so Saul was hurt here in the battle, and um, he was bleeding, and he knew he was going to die, and so he called. He invited one man to slay him, or to kill him, and Saul said that the man said no, he was not going to. The armor bearer said no, he was not going to kill Saul, and so the Bible says Saul fell on his sword, and he died. And this was reported to David. He and his three sons died in a battle. And this was reported to David. Now, after Saul had died, the, king, the, kingdom, the, 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 the kingdom became vacant and David ascended the throne. But firstly, David, did not, David was not made the king of the whole of Israel. He was just made the king of Judah. Because Saul's son, one of Saul's sons, was made the king of the rest of the kingdom. And so, after David was made the king of Judah, there was a long battle again between, between um, Judah and between, the, between Judah and the rest of Israel. They fought on, for, for a number of years and a number of occasions. And then finally, Saul's um, son, who was made king, died. Or was killed in battle and then the whole kingdom of israel was given to david and david became king and so this is just a walk through um, into the walk through in, in the life of david from being a shepherd to ascending the throne i just pick a couple of points that we discussed today um we as we go we are going to go deeper into this series on david and um the other ministers will share um, on other areas of David. So the last passage in Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 to 5, the Bible says, Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are one bone, and we are your bone and your flesh. Also, in time past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people israel and be ruler over israel therefore all the elders of israel came to the king at hebron and king david made a covenant with them at hebron before the lord and they anointed david king over israel so the anointing that was put on david here they just um conferred it on him and made him king over israel the bible says that david was 30 years 30 years old when he began to reign and he reigned for 40 years. So if the projection was true from the time that David was anointed, being a young man at the age of 17 till the time that he became a king, 
Others say he was 13, others say he was 17. But assuming we take the highest among the two, he was between 13 and 17. Assuming we take the highest of the two, then at a minimum, it took David 13 years to see the fulfillment of God's promise. But God remained faithful to David, delivered him from everything that came into his life. And so we can take a lot of um, encouragement from the life of David that when God gives us a promise, he will remain faithful to that promise. No matter how long it takes, he will ensure that his promise to us and his word to us will not fail. It took 13 years, but finally, what God said concerning David came to pass. He preserved his life until he David ascended the throne. Coming from a place of being a shepherd and the least loved among his, among his siblings, he became a great leader, a man who God greatly loved, wrote a lot of the Psalms, and had strong commitment to God and to the things of God. And so let's all be encouraged by the life of David that whatever promise God gives us, he's also able to fulfill it. Um, shall we pray? Father, we thank you for today's um, studies. We pray, Lord, that amongst the things that we have shared, Lord, Holy Spirit, you use them in our lives whenever we need them. Remind us, help us, O oh God, to understand your faithfulness. Let us be mindful of your presence with us. We ask for wisdom to walk wisely among the people of this generation, among the place that you have put us. We pray in the name of Jesus that we will not despise the anointing, that we will not despise the grace on other people's lives and upon our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.